Welcome to the Unconventional CEOs Podcast, an uncharted journey through the world of business, life, and everything in between through the lens of two women with ADHD. We're your hosts, Gwen and Latrice, the neurodivergent CEOs who've cracked the code on running successful businesses while managing the beautiful chaos of life. We're here to share our unfiltered experiences, insights, and wisdom with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur seeking unconventional solutions, a fellow neurodivergent CEO looking for inspiration, or someone who loves a good story, you have found your home here with us. So buckle up, get ready to laugh, learn, and if we are lucky, be inspired as we dive into the world of the unconventional CEOs and our latest hyperfixations. Now let's vibe. Hey girl, hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, I'm so excited. Another episode, another day, another dollar. So today, Gwen. You can only I, see the dancing though that both of us have done. Like, Don't tell like, anybody. Our listeners can see the little shimmies that both of us have just done. True. They would love it. Trust me. But today I have a really, really good topic that I think needs to be talked about, which is authentic leadership. I see faces, yes, which they can't see. So I feel like it struck, yeah, I mean, it struck it's a true. chord. <laughs> it struck a chord. So let's hop right into it. Tell me, Gwen, what does authentic leadership even look like? Authentic leadership to me is being the person you are on social media, the front you put on matches the back end and the experience of when people are with you intimately, like at home or in, let's say, in your business and they're working with you. Like that is authentic leadership. Who you are in front of the scenes matches who you are behind the scenes. That's like a simple way to say it. Okay, okay. What about you? I definitely feel like an authentic leader is someone that is true to themselves and the principles that guide them. Like, for example, me, I, I consider myself to be an authentic leader because my values guide everything, how I interact with people, how I do business from my personal life, how I interact with my children and my husband. I started a business because I wanted to be able to be 100% me at all times and not have to, Yeah, what's the word? I don't want to say mask, but not have to conform to anybody else's definition of what professionalism looked like or anything like that. So yep. I, I definitely would say authentic leadership is being 100% you 100% of the time and being led by those values. Oh, absolutely. The values is a, is a huge is a huge piece of that. It is. And again, it's like, it's matching, like all of the experiences match and align and there's not a disconnect. But being authentic leaders has not always been fun. Like there has been situations and predicaments, I would say, that we've experienced because we are who we are. I mean, taking even the leadership piece out of it, like not being in a position where you know, people are looking up to us or being somebody that people are naturally like drawn to, but just being authentic, like just that piece has, has really like, I'm just going to be frank. It's led to some really disappointing situations. I would agree. And flip side of that, it's, I've had some amazing connections because I've just like, and I'm sure you, I mean, obviously like going back to even how we met, like we were both so like raw and just kind of like, okay, well, this is who I am. Like I'm too old to be playing games at this point. 
<laughs> like who I am and how I'm going to act. But I mean, yeah, like the the lackluster experiences because people perceive me as being easygoing or people perceive me as being approachable, relatable, which I mean, I think I'm all of those things. And then I don't get the experiences that I've paid for. And I'm left like, well, what the hell just happened? Like, I thought I was, I, I was buying a service and you thought you were getting a best friend and I'm left like out of money and no deliverables or being taken advantage of too. I mean, with clients over the years and being like an overgiver, being somebody who really wants to see people succeed, I tend to like take too much upon myself too. I think we both have a little bit of that like people pleaser in us. Mm -hmm. Like we want to make people happy. We want to be there for them. We want to give them the things and take care. And I agree. It definitely puts you in some disappointing situations for sure. Even for me, I go above and beyond because that's just my, that's who I am. That's just what I do. And a lot of the times it's not reciprocated and it leaves you feeling like, well, why is it I think so much of you, but you think so little of me? And it almost makes you feel like something's wrong with you. But you're that's a natural thing to be be that person. It's natural for me to remember certain things about a person that I care about and want to cater to certain people and certain things because that's how I am. And I think it stemmed really from childhood, to be honest. I think it's more so a, a trauma response of, I know what it feels like to not feel loved. So I always actively make sure that people around me feel loved. But when it's not reciprocated, it does leave me in a really bad like situation. It makes me feel the same way I felt as a little girl, unloved, unwanted. And that sucks, but I can't be anything other than me, right? I can only be me. Yeah. 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 Or good enough. That's so true. That is so true. I totally agree with that. 100%. What about how do you navigate those situations? That's been a tricky edge for me to navigate. That people pleasing part of me. And then when things don't go right, like having to advocate for myself, like that has been such a like continued learning for me. I still struggle with it. I guide people. I have teams underneath me and several of my clients that I'm like leading them and it's all good. But like when it's, I feel like there's been situations where it's like, I've had to advocate for myself and I'm like, why is this so hard? I can advocate for other people all day long. Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with the people that like I have under my care that I'm responsible for. I will take ownership for their mess ups because like I am the lead in the situation. But man, when it comes to the advocating for myself, sometimes I'm like, where it's nobody else is involved and it's just me. I'm always like, Dang, I overthink it. Like, am I being dramatic? Why does my mind spiral? <laughs> and I think we're honest, I think that a lot of women do this. And especially you add like a little bit of like the neurodivergent spice. It's like we have, we hyper fixate on things and then we can like, I will overanalyze every aspect and like do an autopsy of like, did I say something weird? Did I imply something? Did I not hold up my end of it in some way to like have this experience? It's so crazy. I, I definitely agree because I do the same thing. I tend to overthink a lot of things and sometimes I overthink it like 
to the point of no return. Like, same, girl, same. <laughs> me and my anxiety will create a whole scenario sometimes, okay? But I really think when it comes to me and how I navigate it, I'm learning to advocate for myself. But I think as I've gotten older, I have learned that when people don't necessarily align with me and who I am, that it's okay to let them go. And that's something it took me years to figure out because I would stay in relationships, whether it's friendships or any other type of relationships where I was always being the person giving. I was giving, 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 and nothing was ever being reciprocated. So it was always one-sided. But Mm -hmm. I felt like, well, I care about this person. So it's not like I'm in it to receive, but I had to learn that, no, any relationship, it should be be give and take, period. You know what I mean? So if someone is selfish and they can only think of themselves, then I have to be selfish and think of me and I have to remove myself. So I think that's something I had to learn as I became, you know, once I hit that past that 35 mark, it was kind of like, I don't have time to play with (laughs) y'all. Like, that's exactly what it was. (laughs) You know, what's funny is when it started to kick in for me, because I was going to, you like led me perfectly to what my next question was going to be was like, well, how did you develop this skill? Right. And for me, it's, it's kind of like how I just said, like, it's very easy for me to advocate and lead people that are like kind of looking up to me, let's say, or like, I'm, I hate even saying like a position of like power or authority, but like, honestly, it's like when I'm leading teams, that's what I am. They're like, I'm like their boss per se. But one of the ways that I really learned or like identified that this was an area for me that I wanted to show up as best as I could and, and model being authentic and being who I am. And like being a leader doesn't have to mean being a bitch and advocating for myself honestly, was like, as my daughter got older, like, I don't, I look back and I don't, I didn't really have any women that were modeled to me that were like who they were being just like raw, who they were that weren't conforming to what society or their husband or their parents thought that they needed to be. And that were doing so in like a gracious way, but like also stood on like, like authority of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I wanted to model that for my daughter. That was for me when I was like, this is, this is a skill that I need to develop because my daughter needs to see this so she could be strong in her own way in a way that feels good for her, not a way that looks good to me. I had to embrace vulnerability to do that. Like I had to learn that being vulnerable was actually a strength because for a long time, I thought it was a weakness. Nobody could see me cry because they're going to think I'm weak. And I had to learn that my vulnerability was actually my greatest strength because that allows for people to really connect with me and relate to me. But I can't let people take advantage of my vulnerability either. And it's funny that you said that because of course I have, I have two daughters. So same, I can't think of a lot of extremely strong women role models in my life. Not a lot, maybe a couple, but there were certain things that even my mom taught me that I know I still carry with me today because as a child, I was really sensitive. And one thing would be if somebody called me a name, you know, I go to my mom and crying and my mom used to always tell me, well, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. So it was stuff like that, that I like carry with me throughout my life, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So it made me, not as sensitive. And it also made me understood that at the end of the day, I can't make everybody happy, right? Everybody's not going to like me, but 
it doesn't dictate who I am or who I'm going to be because I like who I am and who I, how I maneuver, how I, my, my values, that's my genetic makeup. It's not going to change. So it's more of aligning myself with women who get it versus trying to make myself fit into boxes and circles where we're just, it just doesn't make sense. We don't mesh because we don't value the same things. 100%. Is there somebody that comes to mind to you when you think of, and like an authentic leader? And also maybe not values, but I'm, let me share with you. There's one person and I know nothing about this woman. Okay. Like I like who, who she is, what she stands for. So, so don't judge me too much on this, but one of the women, her name's Iris Apfel, I think, look her up. She is this older woman. She is like nineties, maybe I'm, I'm probably so off on this, like 96. She's 96 years old. She dresses so funky. She's just like this. You look at this woman and you're like, damn, she's a vibe. Literally. And she just like, like this, like this, like fashion, funky, like, you know, niche for herself. And she's been on the cover of like Vogue and stuff like that. She's not like this. She's a big name, but she's not like, you know, Giselle or something like that. And it's like, she is so authentic in who she is. I'm like, I want to be like you when I get older. Okay, you did make me think of somebody. And honestly, it's not, I'm going to say this, don't laugh, because she's not like somebody I want to be like, but I respect her authenticity. You're not going to believe who I'm about to say. I am, I'm like bracing myself. I'm not even kidding, because like I want to laugh just in like being, you're, you're telling me not to laugh, and I'm like, oh, I already want to laugh. Cardi B. Because she is exactly who she says she is. She's not trying I'm to change. She's not trying to be nothing. She like, you know, for real, she is 100% who she is. She's not trying to change for nobody. 100% she don't care she what is. nobody thinks. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. Like, you can't help but respect it. She she like, who else I'm supposed to be? If I'm going to be ghetto, I'm going to be ghetto. If I'm going to be hood rich, I'm going to be hood rich. But you're going to let me. So, <laughs> period. And I'm not going to put on a front for you. Exactly. I I respect that. Like, again, I don't really know what Cardi B stands for on like values and things, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I do think it's funny because that is not at all who I thought you were going to say. I had no idea, but it was like, that was what I thought you were going to say. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay, I so without naming names then, without naming names then, like, tell me about an experience that you thought of, that you had with somebody that you thought was a leader and then you, or have you? Or do you want to share? You're so funny. I mean, yes, I, I've definitely had experiences where people present to be leaders in the space that they're in. And then you work with it, these people and what you get is not what you thought you would get from a person that you felt like had the knowledge, the expertise. And especially since they present themselves in such a a, a, a way where most people would say, oh my gosh, this person is a leader in this space. Like they're the experts, they know. So when it comes to you working with them and then you get the deliverable and you're like, this is subpar. It's disappointing, it's disappointing. And I'm a firm believer in this. I'm not gonna promise you anything that I can't deliver, you know? And I don't ever wanna be the person that like overly hypes myself up or overly talks about, oh, I can do, you know, I could change water and the wine. Like I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but 
I'm going to be honest and tell you what I'm, what I know. Okay. But I, I'm always the person that will under promise, but over deliver. That's just how I operate. I feel like that's hard as being a business owner. Don't you? Because I'm the same way as you. I have a very difficult time hyping myself up. And like, especially with marketing and things like that, I'm like over here, like, this is what I can do. And it feels almost like it's potentially lackluster because I don't want to overpromise. I don't want to put myself in the situation where like, I'm that person where somebody is like, I hype myself as, up as this leader and then I don't deliver in the way that they're expecting. Cause I've also had experiences like that. I mean, like I told you, like I had somebody who was kind of just like treating me more like I was a friend than anything. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for a deliverable here. The deliverable is subpar. And I'm a big thing. I'm a big stickler for like, deliver what you say you're going to deliver. If I have to do follow-up, I'm, I'm working and I'm not having a client experience. So I don't, yeah, like it's, it's a whole, it's a thing, but like, I think that's part of like having these conversations. It's like a bringing awareness around how we all could potentially be doing better. And like, people are calling it out in a shitty way. And I'm not, I'm not cool with that either. Yeah. But you do realize that part of that issue is like you said, I'm not good at over like hyping myself up. You do realize it's an ADHD thing, right? Like if you ask an ADHD person what they're great at or like what's special about them or their talents, a lot of the times we have a very hard time articulating that. Because to be honest, most of what we do and know how to do to us, it's just natural. It's like, we just do it. It's almost like to us, everybody can do this. You know, like it's nothing special about this. So that's more of a, your neurodivergence than anything that makes you think like that. <laughs> of course it is. And I'm assuming that's probably like, because on the flip side of that, I could recognize people's greatness like this. I mean, I'm telling you, I... I actually cannot tell you at this point how many people I have inspired to start their own businesses with the genius that I saw within them within like meeting them for the first time. So yeah, I, you're, I think you're spot on with that, honestly. And I don't think I've ever put those, those two together. Of course. Anyways, <laughs> again, like, I mean, I could just continue to ramble on, on all of these different examples, but I do think that both you and I, as a part of why we've decided to start the unconventional CEOs is wanting to be and model being authentic and opening up conversations, which hopefully like we're leaders in, in this space in a way that like is relatable and I don't know, feels, yeah. feels good. Yeah. Because honestly, not just being an authentic leader, but being an ADHD leader, you know, there are different things that we all, we have to deal with in that as well and understanding that we need support for sure because of being neurodivergent we need support because we mm -hmm. will go on on tangents sometimes our brains don't cooperate so sometimes we can't even focus on what we should be focusing on but in all of that we also know how to be compassionate and empathetic with people and I think that works really well when you have a team so I'm a person who believes like you put your people first. You know what I mean? If you treat your people well, they'll treat you well. And that's a part of my authenticity because that's what I've always believed. So I, I really think in maneuvering in this space of, you know, being an entrepreneur or an agency owner, being authentic is extremely important. 
to actually your success. Agreed. 100%. If you want to, yeah, if you really want to, if you want to have longevity, if you want to have real success and you want to build real connections, it's vital. I agree. 100%. Well, on that note. Pretty much said a ton. And you know how on we go. On that note, let's wrap it up and save some for next episode. Absolutely. And I'm always looking forward to it. So until next time. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Unconventional CEOs. We hope you enjoy the candid conversations and found inspiration in our unique perspectives. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review if you loved what you heard. Your feedback helps us reach even more listeners who might benefit from our insights. And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Unconventional CEOs. We're always sharing tips, behind the scenes stories, and more. Until next time, remember your neurodiversity is your strength and success can be created on your own terms. Keep embracing the chaos and don't be afraid to be unconventional.